Welcome to the 152nd episode of the Geek Rex Podcast. I'm Harper, and I'm joined by Cal. Hello. Kyle. Yay. And Hannah. Hello. And we're doing our uh, our usual annual episode about the Oscars. So we are covering the 90th Academy Awards, and we're uh, basically just going through the the categories that we care about or we've seen a lot of stuff in and talking about our... Um, what we think will win and what we think should win, and just kind of our, our general quick quick takes on all the categories, I guess. So yeah, so this was an interesting year. There's a lot of stuff going on. We were we were chatting beforehand about how uh, we were all having some uh, tough decisions to make about some of the stuff that will win. So this should be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, no kidding. God, I'm still trying to determine, you know, what's what's going to win a couple of these categories. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> Yeah, so I figured uh might be best to start this year with uh, the stuff that everybody can fast-forward through, and that'll be the Sound Awards that I'll, <laughs> I'll give my, my little uh, quick opinions on. So the sound mixing and sound editing, uh, the nominees, I believe, are exactly... Yes, they are exactly the same for both categories, which is not super uncommon. But anyways, the nominees are Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. And... Uh, yeah, I think uh, in this this year, I think for sound editing, uh, to me, Baby Driver is kind of the standout on that one, uh, just for the fact that the uh, the sound effects are so heavily featured in that movie. The way that they are, you know, the way they match up with the music, and there's all this timing that had to be done to, you know, while they were shooting and while they were doing the post to kind of make that stuff work. But I believe they even did some work where they, um, you know, had some of the sound effects kind of tuned to the music, which is kind of cool to make it even match up even better. Um, so I think for, for that reason, I think that's my should win and probably will win, uh, I would guess. Um, I think it's, you know, some of the other ones are probably maybe give it a run for its money, in particular Dunkirk. Uh, a lot of uh, Dunkirk and Blade Runner both are maybe possibilities, just sci-fi and, and war movies also, um, you know, have a good chance at sound editing just for kind of the genres that they are, have a lot of heavy editing work in them. Uh, and then for the mixing category... Uh, for this one, I kind of feel like uh, it's going to go Blade Runner, which I'm totally okay with because that movie sounds fantastic. The mixer, uh, re-recording mixer on Blade Runner, Doug Hemphill, um, he's been nominated seven times and is, he's won once in the past. So, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a lot of, um, you know, prestige there. So I think there's a good chance there. Um, the other one that might give it a run for its money is uh, Dunkirk. You know, uh, another again, war movies kind of tend to sweep these categories sometimes. Uh, Gary Rizzo and Greg Landaker, who worked on that, uh, the mixers on that. Between the two of them, they have 14 nominations and four wins, which is like insane. So, uh, you know, there's definitely some uh, legacy there too. So, my pick is Blade Runner, but I'd say Dunkirk is is maybe your uh, your runner up for sound mixing. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's a heavy year. There's a lot of interesting interesting people involved and guys who've been nominated multiple times in the past and, and won a lot. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a good year for those two awards. And then uh, the next thing we wanted to kind of cover was score. So kind of moving from sound to music. So our nominees for score are Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. So I'll let somebody else go first on this one. Sure. Uh, So on original score, I think there's really only two really viable contenders here. Uh, and I think those contenders are probably Johnny Greenwood and Alexander Desplat. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely, given a lot of the way the precursors have kind of sort of wrapped their way around the um, 
the below the line efforts of Shape of Water. I have to assume the spot's probably going to come away the winner uh, of this of this award. Though, frankly, I think Greenwood scores probably the better of the two. Uh, and that would be my should. I think it's a lovely, lush score that I think supports the film, creates its own, creates its sense of mood in a way that really doesn't do, uh, the score doesn't really do justice for a couple of these other films. They're good scores, but they don't really evoke much. Like, I can't remember anything about The Last Jedi score. I mean, there's a lot of things about the movie I remember, but I don't remember the score. And then Three Billboards, uh, we were just talking earlier. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> you know, shruggy guy. Um, so, uh, but Dunkirk's, the thing about Dunkirk's score, I think it supports the film in a really interesting way, but it doesn't really stand out as its own score. And the music branch is a really interesting nominating body in the first place. And I think a lot of what happens when the full body sort of votes on these scores is that they take a look at not only how it supports the film, but also kind of how it stands alone. Sure. And it's kind of hard for me to imagine I would listen to Dunkirk on its own, and yeah. I don't think that's going to have much of appeal to like the actor's branch. So I'm going to say Shape of Water will win. Phantom Thread should win. Cal, how about you? That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't have super strong opinions on this. Uh, th- this this wasn't a year where there was, like, one really standout score for me. And actually, that that's kind of going to be my feeling for, like, a lot of categories is, like, there are a few where I'm like, oh, this is, like, a clear standout. But for the most part, this was a year filled with movies that I really liked but very few that like really stand out to me as all-time classics, and the score is a good good example of that. I, I agree with Phantom Thread as uh, you know the best on the list, but you know e- even that um, even that just just hasn't stuck with me the score at least as much as as much as I would hope. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I think Dunkirk is the one that I walked away from the movie thinking about the most in terms of the score, but Kyle's right in that I don't think I would listen to it on its own. Yeah. So That's uh, coming from the lady that listens to the Interstellar score regularly. I love a lot of those soundtracks, <laughs> yeah. But that one was, it was a little more sound effect-y. I guess Phantom Thread would be, I'll go with that for both, Will should. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Dunkirk to win. That's the score that I enjoyed the most this year. But yeah, for the same reasons we've been talking about, I, I don't think it, it maybe won't stand a chance for that reason. Um, but I liked all of these scores outside of the three billboards one, which I don't remember at all. Um, <laughs> I remember really, really enjoying the Shape of Water music, but I couldn't tell you what it sounded like now. Um, so you know, maybe that says something about it. So yeah, I mean, to me, I would like to see Dunkirk, but yeah, I, I think you guys are probably right that you know Phantom Thread or maybe Shape of Water might take it. Sounds like Shape of Water is our will. Uh, it, it seems to be the consensus, but Phantom Thread uh, is the should. You know, the sh- you know, Phantom Thread could be the surprise dark horse, which it's been in every nominee mm-hmm. category that it's popped up in. So there, there's always a chance. So there's our verdict. We don't really care, but that's what we think. <laughs> I care. I care a lot. Care. But uh, you know, it's, I think the writing's on the wall. Kyle cares. No one else does. <laughs> So uh, moving on to another exciting category, uh, production design um, category. So our our nominees this year are um, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. For for me, I guess I'll go ahead and lead us off that uh, for me, I think Blade Runner should take this one, honestly. Um, Me too. Yeah, I mean, all of these have great production design. I didn't see Beauty and the Beast, so I can't really attest to that, but, uh, you know, Darkest Hour and Dunkirk for their like period stuff and Shape of Water, um, you know, for that uh, that same reason too. But 
I did like Shape of Water's kind of the whole like 50s sci-fi laboratory look. I thought it was really cool. But yeah, I mean, Blade Runner is just, it looks, it, to take a movie, you know, a legacy of a, of a classic science fiction movie and be able to use that kind of look and tone, but also build on it in a really interesting way is really impressive to me. So that's that's the should, and because I have no idea, that's the will. <laughs> I'm the same on the should, but I think Shape of Water will. I feel like it's just going to gobble up a lot of small awards to get like a high number. I mean, I would debate the the idea that um, Blade Runner 2049's production design is better than the Shape of Waters, though. I think I think that's actually the 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 the. The best sort of aspect of that film is is its sense oh, of shape of water. A shape of water. Yeah, what about the way like it the Las Vegas space. stuff though? I thought that was just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very pretty, but I mean, I think a lot of the, there's another award that should probably get a lot of that credit versus yeah. uh, versus uh, the, this particular set sense of production design, which I think is it, it's funny. There's like a scale here between production design and cinematography, yeah. and you have to sort of determine like. Who gets the who gets the, the the credit? And I think in the case of Shape of Water, it's the production design over the cinematography because I think like the the designs of the sets, the the, the world it, it develops is sort of otherworldly in a way that does not sort of evoke real world, but still feels lived in. And I think that's kind of um, that th- that that's something that really should be celebrated about that movie. Whereas I I like the design of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but there is a sense of sort of like a plasticine kind of feeling to some of its some of its set pieces. I think I think Shape of Waters will, and it really should be the should as well. Yeah, I agree with Kyle here. Shape of Water has to walk a very fine line between kind of what we expect from a period piece and the slightly heightened atmosphere of the kind of fairy tale thing that it's going for. And uh, I thought it did that incredibly well. Blade Runner is definitely a, a you know close second, but you know there are moments in Blade Runner that I'm thinking of when I say that, and there are long stretches of the movie where I'm like, oh, that was nothing. Like, can you tell me anything about the design of anything that happened in a scene Jared Leto was involved in? Uh, oh, I, I- could actually i thought that was really cool that weird underwater or it wasn't underwater but it was like set Stone on top water of water yeah like a spa <laughs> <laughs> the spa i did not want to go to i thought the laboratory was cool i thought all, all of it was pretty good except um the san diego the, the yeah the the, the orphanage thing mm, yeah was kind of yeah. it was kind of dingy on purpose but it was certainly not as bright as the rest of the film but i would say that for the shape of water I liked a lot of it, but the lab itself had a really like dark, murky feeling that kind of, it was just slightly too drab, I thought. But, you know, they're both good. Yeah. It sounds anyway like Shape of Water is our will. Yeah, sounds like it. Everybody but me, I think, picked that one. So, yeah, that's probably, and I love that movie, so I'll, I'll change my vote now. So we unanimously, <laughs> unanimously vote for Shape of Water. I'm telling you, if you want to win will. that category in your Oscar <laughs> betting pool, you better bet Shape of Water. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so now uh, moving on to another category that's probably connected to a lot of that, especially for for Blade Runner, maybe uh, best visual effects. Um, so our nominees there are Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, tough category. Yeah, this one's really hard for me. Um, it's it's a it's comes down for me to between kind of War for the Planet of the Apes and Star Wars The Last Jedi. War for the Planet of the Apes 
I'm continually impressed by just how humanistic and how emotive uh, they made the apes. Like, this is not something that should have worked three times. That said, you know, this is the third time. And, like, they... It, it's it's improved, but it's still it's still something that I've seen before. The Last Jedi is the first the first sci-fi movie I've seen in a long time that really impressed me with some of its visual effects work on like on the big screen. Just there are moments in The Last Jedi that drew an audible gasp oh, yeah. from my audience, and this. We've all seen a thousand blockbusters now. Like we are not wowed by CGI anymore. And The Last Jedi had two or three moments that drew like an audible reaction from my audience. So that that one is my should win. Um, uh, will win. I want to say will win. I'm less confident about. I, I might go either Blade Runner or War for the Planet of the Apes on that, but. Uh, I'm sticking with Star Wars for my should win. Yeah, I think I am going to go War for Planet of the Apes for the will, just because it seems, I don't know, it just seems like the most obvious choice. Um, have they won before one of the Apes movies? I don't remember. I don't think so. I'm surprised they never have. I don't think so. They yeah. never have. Yeah, because there's always, you know, the, what's weird about this category is that it's always sort of best blockbuster. Yeah. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. always like the, the outstanding blockbusters are the ones that are lined up generally as visual effects awards so that's kind of like a, a consolation prize I, th- I think for should <laughs> i think i would go blade runner i think it actually has a decent chance too because i think a lot of people will come away remembering the visuals and kind of mixing all of that together as one sure. concept part of cinematography part of that being set but part of it being the effects I don't really feel super confident about this one other than I don't think Kong or Guardians have a chance. No, yeah, they're, they're just agreed. happy to be there. You know? uh, I'm going to say uh, Planet of the Apes will, mainly because the it, it took away the, the Visual Effects Society's uh, precursor uh, recently, like, mm. like a couple weeks ago. So I think that's a pretty hard tell probably about where that's going to go. And I think the Academy screeners that got sent out we're all beating down the hatch about Andy Serkis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one, for acting, but also just for the creation of this, you know, Caesar character and how incredible this technology has has, has become. So I think that'll be the will, uh, the should. Uh, I, I'm going to say Blade Runner 2049 is the should, but uh, uh, just, you know, I, I, I think about the giant joy and yeah, I think about like a lot of things that really just captivated me. Uh, in a way that uh, War for the Planet of the Apes didn't quite, but I, I think that'll probably be how it shakes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys that it's between Blade Runner and War for the Planet of the Apes that I, I had a hard time choosing, but really put me over the edge was I was thinking about scenes that really kind of stood out to me, and the the three-way scene in Blade Runner was something that I have no idea how they accomplished as well as they did. It looks amazing. Um, and yeah, all, all that stuff uh, with the AI, I can't remember her name, um, Joy, Joy was is just fantastic and super memorable. So I think it stands a really good chance and is probably my should win too. Although, uh, especially if they haven't won before, I'd love to see the the Apes movie uh, kind of walk away with that. Just for because again, yeah, especially with this being the third one, I walked into it never thinking at any point during the movie like, oh, this is an animated thing. Like they're just you know, these are the ape characters that we've seen for three movies and I don't even think about it anymore. They look so real. You know that guy that's in the square that was the ape? Yeah. He's, he's one of the apes in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so he's Rocket, one of the big ears. I saw ears. that at the trivia. I love, I love that. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think um, it's definitely between those two. But yeah, I think uh, Blade Runner is my is my should maybe, and War of the Planet Apes is the will. But yeah, I could I could swap three times before we finish podcasting tonight. <laughs> Sounds like Apes is our will. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where we are, and uh, it, but it could go either way. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good category. Um, so next up, we've got uh, the Makeup and Hairstyling Award, which uh, let's go ahead and get, get out of the way our usual complaint. What's up with the three, three nominees? I don't get it. Uh, I'll, I, one of these days I'll look it up and I'll probably have a very reasonable explanation, but <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so our nominees this year are Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and Wonder. I don't even have a should for this. I just have a will. Darkest yeah. Hour is the will. I have no idea what should win. None. I've only seen one of these. Yeah, they're really drilling down the uh, the, the makeup job done on Gary Oldman for that movie. So um, the transformative transformative element of it all. You know, but we were really spared uh, all the money in the world getting nominated for this. Also, when Kevin Spacey mm, so got shit right. from this because they were really hyping that shit yeah, up too. Right. So um, well, instead they got a supporting actor. Yeah. Yeah, I, this is one where I, I think Darkest Hour is probably a, a, a shoe in. Just for, that, that's the kind of movie that takes this award every year. But uh, yeah, my my should is a movie that's totally not nominated. I, I, I love the makeup and hair and um, I Tanya. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish that had been nominated. I'm not sure why it wasn't, but it's really weird that there's an entire branch that just wants to fade away into obscurity. But <laughs> um, I guess we'll let them. Like Darkest Hour will win, and no one will care. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's a step up from Suicide Squad last year. Uh, well, at least that was interesting. Like, this is just old man makeup again. Like, I don't know. It's such a boring thing for to. They've, the makeup category has really become like the old man prosthesis uh, category in a lot of in a lot of years. There was the added difficulty of making him fat too. <laughs> Very hard to do. It's harder to make somebody thinner, I guess. High quality craftsmanship on the fat suit takes the award. Yeah, I, I, I think if they could retroactively give it to Norbit, they might at this point. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not, not a terribly interesting category this year. But, uh, yeah, I think Darkest Hour, maybe, maybe of all the categories, that's maybe the biggest uh, obvious win, I think. So, yeah, so uh, our next one is Costume Design, which always kind of goes part and parcel with that. Is, uh, our nominees are Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, the Shape of Water and Victoria and Abdul. Um, I, I, you know, n- not to constantly bring up precursors, but uh, Shape of Water shocked everybody by winning this over really? Phantom Thread. I didn't know that. It won that. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's weird. I, w- I wouldn't have thought costume for that. Well, especially when you're going up against a movie about, about fashion. Co- yeah, exactly. I yeah. put I put Phantom Thread for will should. I did too. <laughs> I, I have it as my should, but it's, I don't think it's my will. I yeah, man. Up until you said that, I had Phantom Thread as pretty much a lock on Will and Should, but uh, that's crazy. I know, I know, and I, I, believe me, every everyone else was shocked too. H- have any other awards given it to anybody else? Or I mean, I I, I couldn't tell you all the cr- different critic societies and stuff. I mean, but that doesn't that almost doesn't matter. I assume that's the most important precursor. Yeah, though. yeah. Weird. That's interesting. Yeah, that definitely throws throws me for a loop. But yeah, because I had the same thing with Phantom Thread, Will and Should. Sounds like Phantom Thread is our will question mark, but then also <laughs> maybe Shape of Water. I mean, this is the movie. I, Anecdotally, Hannah, you had a lady next to you going, oh my God. Yeah. Every, every, time time, came out. every time one of his dresses came on screen, the lady next to me would say, 
oh my god <laughs> and then she would add a word about the dress like pearls or whatever <laughs> and like, I, I that was dying. Track. <laughs> you know it was kind of a funny movie anyway so that definitely like brought it to another level with the humor cal what were you about to say you were about to say something right I don't know. I was just enjoying the story. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So that's our Phantom Thread is probably, I mean, that's what we all kind of expected. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe Shape of Water with the uh, with the precursor word. Who knows? It it might just be a fluke, honestly, uh, really. But um, I, I would probably still bet on Phantom Thread just by premise alone. So uh, our next one, uh, this is moving into kind of a bigger award is our uh, Best Cinematography Award. And uh, the nominees this year are Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. This one also seems like a lock to me. For, Does it? I don't know. I feel like Blade Runner is the lock. It's my will should. Mm. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same thing. Yeah, I mean, just given the fact that, you know, Roger Deakins has been nominated 14 times. He was nominated twice in one year in 2008. Uh, and the guy has still never won, and he's—I think he may be the greatest living cinematographer. So, and Blade Runner is a fantastic movie. He deserves to win for that movie, I think. But it'll also kind of a you know one of those like you know has never won before, and finally ought to ought to finally get one. Uh, like getting things. your due type. Yeah, of award. exactly. Wait, yeah. Kyle, what's the? Is it Dunkirk that you think stands a chance? No, what? Shape of Water. Oh. I think Dan Lauston. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I love that movie, but the cinematography's not not something that stood out to I, me. I, I think there's going to be a below the line cl- cleaning out in this in this uh this this round of Oscars that uh, people aren't really expecting. And I think I think Shape of Water's really going to to take a lot of that stuff. I could be wrong. Uh there could be a couple of things here with sound and editing that could go like Dunkirk's way or visual effects that could sure. go Blade Runner's way. The only other the the, the one thing that I will uh, sort of admit to though is that there is a definite um, uh, sense of 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 due <laughs> to Roger Deakins yeah. at this point, and I I feel like that narrative is very strong right now, and so it's possible that they may just say, okay, this is the time. This is a movie that is literally built on its cinematography, uh, and that is probably where he should be awarded. And that's what, it is my should, by the way. But Cal, I don't know, man. Maybe you feel differently. No, I mean Blade Runner. Uh, I, I don't like the movie on um, functionally any level, but uh, it's fucking pretty. And Roger Deakins is uh, a huge part of that. Um, I would definitely say that's my should. Uh, as much as I really liked uh, the cinematography for uh, the other three movies, Blade Runner really stands out in this category to me. I am just going to really, honestly, almost any of them, I'd be happy if it wins. Really, I'm just hoping that Darkest Hour, uh, they just forget to read it when it <laughs> arrives. Uh, like the presenter's eyes gloss over it or something. Uh, maybe the screen cuts out for a moment. But otherwise, I think this is a really great category. Um, I, yeah. I wouldn't be mad if Rachel Morrison won for Mudbound, by the way. I mean, that it, she's the first woman to ever be nominated for that award. Yeah, and she did fantastic. Uh, Mudbound, especially given how cheap it was to make, looks phenomenal. Morrison did really great work there. I do think that this is going to be between Blade Runner and Shape of Water. Uh, I think that Blade Runner is definitely my should, and I'm leaning towards Will on this. Uh, I agree that like there is like the the sweep likelihood, Kyle. But, like, the Deacons thing is, like, that is just 
that's the narrative of this category this year. So that's, that's what I'm leaning towards for my, for my will as well. I mean, how often do you see people knowing the cinematographer by name and talking about him? Yeah, he's just about the only one. (laughs) I think, I think y'all are right. I'm I'm sold. Yeah. Throw, throw him a bone. (laughs) Academy, come on. (laughs) Most famous cinematographer in the world. Uh, Take this, take this, uh, this pittance. Come on. Give Deacons his due. So um, I think we're moving into uh, the screenplay categories next. And uh, let's start with original screenplay. So um, our nominees for original screenplay are The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, this is one, this is, I had a really hard time with this category, I'll be honest, because I, like, uh, I like all of these movies a lot. I like Three Billboards okay, but I like the other four a lot. Uh, and the screenplay is a, a big reason why I like most of these, I think. Um, I, yeah, see, it was tough. I was about to say that I think Big Six should win just because I think it's an, I think it's a really interesting way, to, even though I don't know that it's necessarily original. This is one of those ones you could argue is an, a, more of an adapted, but, um, I love that movie and I think the screenplay, the way it kind of, you know, paces the story and builds it up as this kind of comedic romance that turns into this very kind of tragic drama and it's very very interesting just the way it's put together and and i love that movie so that was kind of my shit but then i could almost say the same thing about get out that i've never there i don't i can't recall a movie that's really you know written in that same way that again like seeing the trailer and being like is this a comedy is this a horror what And, and still walking out of the movie being like i'm not sure what to call this exactly so yeah that's i guess big sick is my should but um Given some of the kind of uh, you know praise it's been getting uh, leading up to the awards, I kind of think Three Billboards might take it for this one. Uh, I think Three Billboards is going to face controversy voting. Like I, I think it'll be Get Out for a should will. Yeah, I mean, the controversy thing is hard, but I always think that the Oscar voters are mostly idiots, and. <laughs> um, while this year I think that the the lists are mostly quite good, I think that there's still like enough like kind of like boring old white people uh, that I, I do think that three billboards is kind of a lock. Uh, per you know I I think that's the will win um, should win. This is a really great category, honestly. Uh, Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, and Shape of Water are phenomenal movies with great mm. screenplays. I personally would probably give it to get out but honestly uh i would be happy with pretty much anything except three billboards in this category i think it's a really good category you know harper it's interesting you you mentioned uh the tonal shifts in big sick i I actually would probably give a lot of the credit to that to probably michael showalter uh, Mm. and his directorial work which i think has been very unheralded uh throughout this entire season i think uh for a a guy that uh has had an interesting career uh, and is suddenly thrust into a prestige project like that. Yeah. The fact that he has, he got absolutely no traction anywhere has blown my mind. Uh, but it's a good screenplay. It won't win. Uh, Get Out is Will Should. Um, I think it won WGA, uh, original screenplay. I think uh, its writing is indeed its strongest element. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant screenplay. And, you know, again, when we're thinking about just the words on paper, which I know voters probably don't do that. But uh, for the thrust of the category itself, I feel like Get Out is probably the best writing achievement of the bunch and certainly has penetrated culture in a way that uh, the other films have not. 
Yeah, that's really true. I was definitely torn between Big Sick and Get Out as my should. I just, yeah, I don't know. Three Billboards to me feels like an Oscar, uh, a, a screenplay winning Oscar movie, you know? I don't know why, but... I think it's in part because Oscars so often, instead of best, you should say most, and Three Billboards is the most written of the movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely that's true. Indeed, indeed. You, you can feel the writer in every second of that movie, and the Oscars love that. I think that's the same reason we're probably going to talk about adapted screenplay next that Aaron Sorkin was nominated, is you can feel that voice. Yeah. I, I just feel like Three Billboards will end up doing better with performances. I think Get Out will. I think Get Out will get screenplay, but it, it sounds like we've got a split decision here on the will yeah. for Man. Get Out and she. Or sorry, three billboards. What a crazy thing! Last year, Adam McKay, the guy who made Anchorman, <laughs> is an Oscar-nominated director, and this year, Jordan Peele, the P and Peele <laughs> guy, is probably going to win an Oscar for best writing. It's such a such a neat turn of events. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to mention is the fact that he wrote it. I feel like gives it an extra oomph in that category. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it may also like. It, it, this is your prize instead of the directorial yeah. prize. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that is consolation. It's kind of like the Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino thing. It's like, we're not quite ready for you to have this. So have this instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. So yeah, we, we are kind of split on that one, but uh, I'd be much happier. I think we'd probably all be happier uh, with get out was the, was the will. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to wait and see, but adapted screenplay. We've got a uh, call me by your name, the disaster artist. Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. What a fascinating group of movies that is. <laughs> surprising nominations. Well, there. nothing more surprising than Logan, right? I mean, which is my should. By uh, the it, way. It's a great, it's a great screenplay <laughs> written by like three guys, but it's still it 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 works on screen. Um, I I have to. It's very hard for me to imagine anything will or should win beyond Call Me by Your Name, though. That's my will too. Yeah. That's my will. I, I kind of want Disaster Artist to win. <laughs> oh, uh, no, the screenplay's the worst part of the movie, uh, Harper. I don't know. I read, I read oh. the book right after we saw the movie, and I thought that, I think that what they, just in terms of adapting to what they chose to, you know, use and not use was smart. I feel like any movie that has that scene with Alison Brie uh, catching him shaving his beard and then walking away angrily, and that's how they break up. That's a, that's a badly written movie. I, I can't, I can't, I can't handle that. And, and not even and James Franco, with all his smart directorial choices, could not make that work. I think James Franco's stuff has ruined any chance. That's maybe true. I, I yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I think "Call Me by Your Name" is the is the will. I think I'm gonna say "Mudbound" is my should. Uh, I, I actually like. Call Me By Your Name screenplay a lot and would be totally happy if it wins. Uh, Mudbound, I think, managed to do the whole stagey book adaptation in a way that didn't feel still... Like, I don't know, I've seen a thousand period pieces set in this kind of time period that feel very bland and samey, and Mudbound managed to bring it alive. And I think that the way that it used multiple narrators, the way that it was uh, kind of capably hopping between point of view. Uh, I was really impressed by the screenplay of Mudbound. Um, that will, that'll all be my should, but uh, I think Call Me By Your Name is going to win this one, and I'm totally happy to see that. I'm with you on that, Cal. I, 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 when, after we got done watching Mudbound, uh, the first thing I thought was that felt like I was reading a, a, a classic book. Yeah. And it turns out it, it is a book. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even realize that at the time. Uh, but it really effortlessly sort of develops that epic 
Grapes of Wrath kind of feel that uh, you know so many other films just fail at miserably. So uh, yeah, I, that would be a, a wonderful win as well, if possible. But it'll be unlikely. fine, except for Molly's Game. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, it's kind of a boring nomination. But sounds like we're all in agreement on Call Me by Your Name. Is yeah, the will. Is the yeah, will. I think so. So uh, next up is our film editing category. Uh, so moving into the the final column on the on the ballot, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Man, I'm I'm never going to get tired of having to say that. <laughs> uh, Dunkirk should will done. I mean, honestly, the, the editing is what makes that movie. And yeah. At least if if somebody other than Lee Smith was was on that, they might not have been able to slap it together. Uh, I, I realize that like some of that's in the script. But it takes a skilled editor to make those three timelines sync up seamlessly in a way that fits the audacious nature of that film. Uh, I would be mad if anything other than Dunkirk won. I agree. I also think it's like what Cal said with like the thing that is the most wins. Mm. I think you could, you know, especially if you're a novice in this category, you can understand how the editing had a huge impact on Dunkirk. Whereas in other films where it's more subtle, you maybe wouldn't. Um, I also think it should. I think you could say all of that absolutely about Baby Driver as well, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the editing totally makes that movie. In the Edgar Wright fashion, as it always does, but also with just the, the way it all blends together as a musical movie. That, that movie is, you know, lives and dies on its editing, and I think. That was, it was actually, Baby Driver was my will. I wish, I wish that I, Tanya would win. There's no way in hell it's even going to stand a chance. That was a movie that I walked away being marveling at the editing in that movie, the way it was kind of blended the... The pacing of the movie and blended the two kind of the sports aspect and the the drama and comedy aspect it was edited together really really well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 between Dunkirk and Baby Driver. But I, I honestly think Baby Driver is going to take it. I I kind of feel like um, well, actually, uh, does anyone know how, for voting on this? Is it preferential or like how does the voting in this category work? It's always preferential on everything. It- I think yeah. Because I was going to say, Baby Driver and Dunkirk, I'm, I'm really split on and, um, should win. Uh, I, I think I would lean towards giving it to Dunkirk as kind of a more complete experience. And because that really is like, that is the, the movie. But I almost, yeah, I, there is a part of me that was wondering, like, uh, that was wondering just about kind of the fight between those two movies. And the fact, you know, I, I think that, Dunkirk's editing is adventurous and big, but I've talked to a lot of people who are just confused for the a, a huge chunk of the movie, and part of that's just that they don't they don't think about editing; they just wanted a kind of more standard thing. And I wonder if that won't hurt the movie a little bit. I I, I lean towards Baby Driver as the will, uh, and Dunkirk as the should, but. Um, I mean, the, the, those are the two giants of the of the category this year. Does yeah. the category often correlate with Best Picture nomination? It used to. It, it hasn't in a while. I don't. I, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm not sure it's one. I don't. Th- I'm not sure if it's correlated since maybe Birdman. Not for winning, but I was just surprised that for even the nominations, uh, you've got I Tanya yeah. and Baby Driver. Yeah. Neither of which are nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But that makes me think all the more that Dunkirk will win, just because I feel like Baby Driver has just kind of gotten a collective shrug on nominations from the Academy. You know yeah. why that is, though, right? And why yeah, it probably won't win is because Kevin Spacey's in it. So, not yeah. to be crass, I think that's why he, it won't win on a single award yeah, or awards tonight. 
uh, which you know, I, I I feel bad for Edgar Wright and crew, but yeah. uh, whatever, um, they'll they'll be fine. But no, it's a fair argument, Cal, about the confusion on Dunkirk, and there there's there's even a possibility I'd be very upset about this. I wouldn't be upset about Baby Driver winning. I would be upset about. Shape of Water winning as a sort of sweep of the of the of the sort of undercard yeah. ahead of winning Best Picture or something. Yeah. That, yeah, that that would frustrate me a bit. I thought about that too. That or Three Billboards, and I was like, oh, I really hope neither of them do. Not because you know I, I like the Shape of Water, but this is definitely a contest between Baby Driver and Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, although I Tanya, as Harper says, is actually a surprisingly robust third. Uh, I don't. I don't think that Shape of Water or Three Billboards, either of which I could see winning. Uh, I don't think either of them even are in the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a. It's a really tough one. And yeah, th- I think editing is another one too, where people tend to just think, you know, if it's a good movie, it must be well edited. Like I don't, you know, people don't really know how to kind of define that. And but but in this in this case, I think Baby Driver and Dunkirk, the editing is obvious in kind of an exciting way. Um, that you know people might kind of latch onto. So let's move on to uh, the category I am most excited about in our, in our entire list here: best animated feature. Uh, so we've got a uh, Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Five phenomenal movies that I did not see any of. Woof! Let me tell you how bad <laughs> Loving Vincent is. By the way, not good. Uh, I, I watched that in an airport on my iPad. It's it's pretty rotoscoping, but otherwise, I, I saw I saw this this thing you know twenty years ago when when Ralph Bakshi was doing it. I mean, there, there's nothing innovative about it at all. Uh, I think the uh, the will on this is absolutely Coco. The Pixar streak will continue. Um, the Breadwinner's actually pretty good, but I I don't know if it's really better than Coco. I think it's probably kind of on the same level. It's just. Barring a surprise, like when Secret of Kells won, and everybody was like, "What's Secret of Kells?" <laughs> what, what you know that 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 is probably not going to happen again this year because Coco was just so well received. So uh, Coco, it's my will shed yeah. too. I have seen none of these. Oh, really? <laughs> have you seen Coco yet? It was. I don't know. I, I I'm in a real. I'm in a real Disney slump, guys. I, 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 I took a break from pretty much all their stuff for a while and got back with Black Panther. But Coco, for whatever reason, it came out. Oh, uh, Coco came out in October, right? Uh, yes. But I you think. saw Star Wars. I did. I did. Uh, but this was this was earlier, earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coco came out in October. My local indie theater was running a huge like horror movie retrospective all through October. I saw almost no new movies. I saw almost exclusively classics. Sure. Upside, the thing looks amazing on the big screen, guys. Oh yeah. This <laughs> is the 4K restoration of Suspiria. Nice. I didn't see Ferdinand, and that's when I know almost nothing about. You didn't see the Boss Baby either. I, of course. <laughs> I did not see the Boss Baby. <laughs> uh, I think the Boss Baby is the one you can just like cross out twenty times on your ballot because it has no chance. I've met some Boss Baby defenders. I'm not gonna lie. They're just doing it to be contrary. Like, I don't who know, cares man. about that movie? I, 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 I think it's a pretty clear lock for Coco. Yeah, I don't know, man. Babies with adult voices and bulls in china shops. 
So it's a stuffed category this year. Yeah, I didn't Harper see anything. That. Harper says that sarcastically, but you know that there is like a there was like a pitch exec who was like sitting there going like babies with adult voices, like fuck yeah, I'm in. <laughs> with Alec Baldwin's voice specifically. <laughs> That's Erica always does, funny. Erica does like to be led by children, so <laughs> it's appropriate. Ouch. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a category that half of us have zero opinion on, so <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Coco seems like a, a, a probably. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into our big ones here, guys. So uh, now we've got our performance uh, performance uh, awards. So let's uh, let's start with our supporting actress award, and the nominees are Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Lady. Ooh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think the will is Allison Janney for Itania. That's not my should. I like Lori Met- Metcalf's performance. Met- Metcalf? I can't say her name. <laughs> Lori. I like Lori's performance a lot. <laughs> I also liked Mary J. Blige a lot. I liked a lot of these performances, but I think it'll be Allison Janney based on how the other awards have gone. Yeah, Janny, I think, is is definitely the should here, or the will here. Um, I, I liked her performance a lot. Personally, I would probably also go Lori Metcalf for my um, should, but these were really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good category. Uh, it's funny, I have the exact same thing. I have Allison Janney for will and Lori Metcalf for should. Um, I like Lady Bird a lot, but her character, to me, is what makes that movie special, makes it interesting as the 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 mom role and how their kind of relationship is really interesting and and real and you know obviously a lot of that's on on her performance so yeah I, I have the exact same thing I think Allison Janney that that's the that's the one thing from I Tanya that's gotten a lot of a lot of good press and you know um, and she is fantastic in it so it's not I'm not totally unhappy with that but um, yeah I think she's probably probably taking that one it's fine it's so much shtick I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not on the Allison Janney train I feel like she's gonna win because the damn bird on her shoulder I know. Like, <laughs> the I, bird I, is gonna I, yeah I, it should go ugh, to the bird it's a cartoon character performance man and I, and I just think back somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter it's like compare her performance to Monique's in Push as like you know two different abusive mothers and I think man there's just so much more nuance and and re- like realism to what she was doing in comparison I know it's two different movies and and two different tones, but there's just something about Allison Janney's performance in that movie has always driven me nuts. The, the two two times I've watched it, based um, on the little clips they showed, though, it seemed like she was being pretty realistic to yeah. the documentary footage they had. Yeah. I just think yeah. it was a less interesting part. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Leslie Manville. Uh, She's in, great too. In Phantom Thread, and uh, I. You know, there's always a small part of me that's like, what if a surprise happens? And people are just that into Phantom Thread. But I'm sure it won't happen. Uh, Laurie Metcalf, a very wonderfully grounded performance that uh, actually probably is the real core, emotional core of the film, especially yeah. in its final 10, 15 minutes in those airport scenes. I think that was like one of the more emotionally stirring uh, moments of 2017 in cinema. So um, I- I'll... Janie, uh, uh, Janie will. Uh, I'll just say Manville should. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm here for you on the uh, Phantom Thread hype train. I think that uh, I think we should start a squad. We should tour. Uh, we should see what we should do for Leslie Manville here. Yeah. Hey, Cal. Do you think that's PTA's best movie? 
Oh, that's tough. It's my favorite that he's made in a long ass time, probably since Boogie Nights. Uh, but it, it's really up there with his earliest stuff for me. Nice. Can't wait to see that again. All right. Sorry. <laughs> the lesson here is uh, don't eat mushrooms on your at your Oscar party. <laughs> you never know where they came from. So I think we're all in agreement on the will being Alice and Janney. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's prob- probably a given. <sighs> so uh, for supporting actor, we've got uh, Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards also. Man, what happened to Willem Dafoe being the front runner on this category? Like, at, some, at one point, he seemed the shoe in. He was the lock. Like, the lock is, the most locked of all the categories was his, I thought. And, he, and never won, he never won a precursor. Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell just took it all. Sam Rockwell is kind of doing, I mean, just like uh, Allison Janney was doing this big, kind of larger-than-life uh, thing, Sam Rockwell was too, but uh, unlike Allison Janney, he was just a cartoon character for no goddamn reason. Was like, I mean, I guess he was a cartoon character in a cartoon world, but I, I just don't find anything about his performance interesting, honestly. Uh, this one for me is a really tough fight between Richard Jenkins and Willem Dafoe, but they are, you know, leagues ahead of the rest of them for me. I, I think that they're... One of the either of the two of them should, but Rockwell does seem like the lock for the will at this point. I really hate to feel that way about Rockwell, though. Like, you know, I know this isn't about best guy, best person, but <laughs> you know, he's a great actor. Like, yeah. like, and, and to have him finally right at that moment where he's gonna win for something that I really just am not that crazy about, uh, especially in comparison to like his chief competition. I, I thought Willem Dafoe gave one of the best performances of any actor mm-hmm. actress this year or last year at all. Uh, and the research that went into it was incredible. I mean, it's 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 a it's a cherry on top of a very good character actor's career. Uh, I'm I'm just yeah. I mean, he's my should, and I, and I know Sam Rockwell will win it though. Yeah, I mostly agree with you guys. I think uh, like like you, Kyle. I love Sam Rockwell normally, but I, I hated his character in Three Billboards. It's just such a such an undeserved turn for the character. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just so cartoonish and ridiculous. Um, but probably is going to take it. But uh, yeah, my, my should, like you, Cal, is, is really kind of between Richard Jenkins and Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is, was, I, I wasn't super crazy about Florida Project, but I loved him in it. He's fantastic. I mean, he's just a, a, char- a real character and, and, you know, does such a great job. It's a nuanced performance. And Richard Jenkins, I, I just, I think he's my, my should all in all just because he's a character actor that I've loved for a long time and who I never thought would have a chance at an Oscar just for the kind of movies he's typically in. But um, I, he's hilarious and real and, you know, heartbreaking and funny. And, yeah, I, I love everything about his character in Shape of Water and his performance. Um, that was one of my favorite things about the movie. So I'd really like to see him win, but uh, I'd, I'd be thrilled if Willem Dafoe took it too. But I think, uh, I think uh, Sam Rockwell's probably taking it. You know, this is actually Jenkins' second nomination. Is it really? Yeah, he got nominated for Best Actor for The Visitor. Remember that movie? I do not. It's where he was like, the, he was like, uh, it's, I only remember it because he like learns how to play the hand drums. Uh, and he's like, uh, he has, starts up a relationship with uh, with uh, an Iranian woman, uh, that actress with that beautiful voice that I who's I cannot remember now. It's anyway, he's been nominated for Best no Actor. No Yeah. Well, I still want him to win. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I've got to foes my should. 
part of me really thinks it'll be Sam Rockwell, but I put him for my will and should Defoe because I don't know. I just feel like maybe people are sick of Sam, the Sam Rockwell winning streak and there is backlash to that movie. Plus there are two people nominated from that movie, which makes me wonder if they won't split the votes a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's true. Totally. So I feel like Willem Dafoe might just come out of nowhere and get it. So he's my will and my should. How about Christopher Plummer getting into this category? That for is like... so crazy. <laughs> he's in there for being not Kevin Spacey. That's yeah, what the award is. Not Kevin Spacey. And the award goes to Christopher that's, Plummer. That's a very concentrated fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Which means Baby Driver's not winning a damn thing, guys. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I think we all think Sam Rockwell's likely going to take that one uh, for your for your pool vote. Uh, so moving into Best Actress, we've got uh, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, Margot Robbie for I Tanya, uh, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. Um, and this is a I don't know this is an interesting category for me. I had a hard time picking my uh, my shoulds. This is a really tough one, although it's it's like a lot of categories this year where there are a bunch of really cool, exciting, interesting choices, and then one for the old people who fell asleep at some point and then woke up and were like, oh, I like that Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I, I think it'll be Frances McDormand for the will and the should. I think that's the only thing in that movie that will resist backlash, and I just feel like it's the biggest, meatiest part, and no one doesn't like her. I don't know. I just feel like she's got it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. She's, she's going to win. Yeah. Oh, she's absolutely the will. Um, should. I would actually be happy with her, but uh, God, I, I really... Sally Hawkins, Margot Robbie, and Saoirse Ronan are tough competition. Honestly, yeah. this was a fantastic category. Just This is just four of the straight-up best performances of the year. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think I, I agree with you guys that Frances McDormand is, is going to take this one, um, and I, I'm, I'm not super unhappy with that just because I, I love her in general. But uh, kind of like Sam Rockwell, this is not a performance I was that crazy about. She's a little cartoonish for me too. But um, but yeah, Sally Hawkins, Margot Robbie, and Saoirse Ronan. I had a real hard time picking, and I, I guess I'd go Margot Robbie just because I love uh, I Tanya. That was a movie that really was super memorable for me this year. But um, I'd be totally happy with any of the three of them taking it. Wouldn't it be funny if Meryl won? Like, just because she's Meryl. I mean, I mean <laughs> hell. Yeah, it's not a bad time. performance, by the way. I mean, I, I, I don't hate it. I mean, it's it's certain she and Hanks are trying in that movie in a way that I haven't seen them try in a while. Uh, I, maybe Not counting maybe Captain Phillips, actually. But it's nowhere near the, cal- the caliber of the rest of the category. But I, I don't want to discount her out of hand. There, there's some interesting nuance work there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she'll win. It would just be like, of course, if she did win, it would be like, <laughs> how did we not know that she wasn't? Yeah. Gonna, like, she's not going to win. It's not. Happening. There's always the chance. <laughs> so I, you should never discount a surprise Meryl. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're all in agreement on Frances McDormand being the will. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty likely this year. Uh, so best actor, we've got a. Uh, is it is it Timothy or Timothy? Timothy. Okay. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. And Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. <laughs> that, that, y'all making fun of Meryl. Y'all should make fun of this. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. I never thought I'd say this out loud. I kind of want him to win. No, what? 
what? I loved that movie. I haven't seen this movie. That's the thing is, I feel like no one's going to make fun of this choice because no one's seen Nobody has movie. seen it for sure. Yeah. I've, I've never, I haven't met anybody else. That, have you seen it, Kyle? No, I skipped the screen. Kyle, have you seen it? Nope. I hate Denzel Washington. He's like my least favorite actor and I adored him in this in that movie. Was it a good movie? Or it's just great. A good performance? It, no, it's really good. It's super interesting and, and, and just a totally unique movie. It was very different from what I was expecting it to be, but his performance is super different from you know i feel like he plays the same character in every movie he plays himself like angry dude but uh in this he's such a it's a weird character because he's this like kind of shy like he was kind of the behind the scenes lawyer for this firm and then has to gets thrust into the being like the guy who has to actually go to court and deal with the clients and stuff and it's just it's really really interesting and and i guess it's a should for me just because in general it's such a it's so different for me that for, to lo- love one of his performances. So that was uh, it stood out for that reason. We're on a tight time schedule, so I'm going to let the fucking bonkers ass statement that you don't like Denzel Washington <laughs> slide for like a minute. But I feel like we're going to do a podcast about this at some point. <laughs> Why Harper doesn't like Denzel Washington? The podcast. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> uh, you know who I I. I like I like in some movies and don't like in this category is Gary Oldman and he's my wolf. oh my god yeah same here yeah no I, he's yeah. gonna win I think I don't like it because he's gonna win like I think it would just be like a whatever performance to me it's just the fact that he's been winning he's going to win I don't understand it's such a boring performance it's such a boring movie like this yeah. is the opposite of Sam Rockwell, where like Sam Rockwell is like I universally thought of as a nice guy. <laughs> Gary Oldman, uh, not as much, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's whatever. Uh, I, he will win. Uh, he's considered the do actor of the whole bunch. He's and a he, good actor, but it's just for this movie. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, uh, but I I would have gone Tim Timothee. Should I? The, no performance has wrecked me. Uh, the way that one has in a That's long fair. time. <laughs> He's my should as well. I, I have a tough time on should on this one. Uh, Timothy Chalamet was really impressive, but then uh, Daniel Day Lewis was so fucking funny in such a dry role. <laughs> like just the the control and the I don't. And then Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know. Like there's having to sell kind of comedy horror satire and uh social drama all at once is a really tough balancing act and you know i mean get out lives and dies on 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 how much you believe that kind of central performance there uh oldman's going to win uh which sucks because it's a garbage impression from a trash person but (laughs) uh, that's our that goes on the back of the dvd (laughs) Put that one, slap that one on the poster. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Chalamet, Day Lewis, and Kalia are are like a clear like tied for first for me. With Chalamet maybe edging a little bit ahead. I want to see Daniel Day Lewis in this performance and a, a movie with him and Ray Fiennes from Grand Budapest Hotel interacting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will green light. I will green light that. I have. I don't know, like 50 bucks somewhere. Get it started. <laughs> I just want to see him hang out and talk. Uh, every time I see those gifts that people put with like the caption from the movie, I'm, I, I, I just remember how funny he it is. Really how funny, funny that movie is in general. But it's, it's, yeah, I, 
I, w- I actually wish he would win for his final role, to be to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like no one's really talking about him, even though it seems like he's like the obligatory like best actor yeah, in Hollywood that anyone na- would name. And also, it's his like retirement performance. It's weird that there's not more momentum behind yeah, it. It came right. so late. That's why. Well, I mean, it, it came in January, and they, they only sent screeners to the Academy. So there there was not a lot of discussion about that film. It just happened to get nominated, which means there's an undercurrent somewhere of support, yeah. uh, which you never know what might happen. And you have to understand, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, while he is like one of the iconic actors of his generation in his final role in one of the year's best movies, uh, he did not wear a fat suit. And (laughs) that was probably against the advice of Paul Thomas Anderson. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis just if he had just gone gone full Norbit, he would have won. (laughs) Has he ever won? What for best actor? Yeah, yeah twice. Oh, so uh, maybe three times. Lincoln I'm sorry. And... He won for Lincoln. He won for um, he won for There Will Be Blood, and he won and My Left Foot. My right? Le- yeah. was, it, was it My Left Foot, I or think, did he win for Last of the Mohicans? I think it was My Left Foot. I thought he, I thought he won for Last of the Mohicans. Now I have to look. <laughs> oh, there's no way for us to find the answer to this. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just a. <laughs> So maybe he gets that like, oh, he's already won a lot kind of pass. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, almost certainly. Uh, yes, you, you guys were right. My left foot. So yeah, that's a that's a tough one too. Yeah, I, I think I think we're all in agreement about who's going to win, but um, reluctantly. Yeah, but there's definitely otherwise there's some very good performances on there. <laughs> besides the uh, besides who's going to win. So our uh, our best director category. Our best picture and best director categories, I'm like, I have no idea. So <laughs> let's just dig in. Uh, Christopher Nolan uh, for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. No category makes me more mad than this category because really? what's going to happen is del Toro is going to win, and I think the other four are infinitely more deserving to be honest with you um like i think i think the shape of water is a fine film but it's just fine whereas dunkirk get out lady bird and phantom thread are all sort of a step above and i think when you particularly think about uh the the mastery on hand with with dunkirk when you think about uh the the sort of flexibility of of, of genre and sort of undefinable qualities of Phantom Thread. You know, it speaks to PTAs, just incredible skill behind the camera. And then you have these personalized stories between Jordan Peele's sort of a political under, underscored statement and uh, Greta Gerwig's sort of life story on screen. Uh, I feel like those are better uh, directorial efforts. Um, i I really want Nolan to win. He's my should. Del Toro, it will win because he's won every other award. Ger- I, I would disagree. I think Gerwig is the weakest in this category. And, I, you know, I like her and I liked the movie, but it, it was her first effort. It, I get the argument that, like, just because it's not the most or the biggest doesn't mean that it wasn't the best. But I just, I thought that movie was good. I didn't think it was as good as Dunkirk, Get Out. And I think The Shape of Water... I didn't love that movie, but I think it's a movie that you look at it and you know that it's a Del Toro movie. And I yeah. think that means something. So I, I I think he'll win. I don't think he's my should. Um, I would say Peel or Nolan would be my should. But uh, I do think Toro will be the will, but I don't think he's the, the bottom of this category necessarily. 
see, and uh, for me, Peel is the weakest link. I thought that Get Out was a brilliant movie for the most part, but uh, the whole stretch at the end in the house, uh, I actually thought completely failed as a horror as a horror movie. And you know, it's not that he was going for uh, comedy or action. It's just that it just didn't do what he wanted it to do. And I, I think that reflects on him as a director. Um, I mean, he's a first time director and the whole movie aside from that is really masterful, but there isn't anything in the rest of these movies that really stands out as just a complete, just like, oh, this just didn't work. And Get Out does have that one stretch of like 10, 15 minutes that for me just didn't work. Yeah, I'd be okay with any of these winning though. Uh, I think they're all good movies. You know, this category isn't going to make me upset like Gary Oldman or um, uh, Sam Rockwell winning well, uh, just wildly undeserved. I, I do I do agree that Del Toro seems like a lock. Uh, I personally would probably give it to, God, I don't know, Nolan, Gerwig, Anderson, Del Yeah, I don't have a strong feeling for should in this. Maybe Anderson, but Del Toro is a lock for Will, I think. Yeah, this is a tough one. I, 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 I'd be happy with any of these, any of these people walking away with it, honestly. But, um, you know, actually, we were talking before we started recording that you know maybe one of the ways to kind of differentiate director from best picture is maybe kind of thinking it almost as like a best ensemble cast award, just as the, you know the act, like all the actors, all the performances kind of put together. And honestly, for me, that is the Shape of Water. I think that's one of the things I love about that movie is that is a, a wealth of great characters in that movie. Um, and so maybe for that reason, maybe that would be my ship, but that's not what I originally had. <laughs> um, I actually had, had uh, get out for, for Will and shit, but what do I know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. For me, it feels like get out has such a, such a huge kind of following behind it. And this, if it's not going to win best picture by a long shot, but it, it might win best director as kind of a consolation for that. I, that was my reasoning when I was thinking about it. Del Toro winning Best Director is like the director of the artist winning over the Tree of Life. Man, that just drives me nuts. I, I, sorry, like I like I, you know, there's a lot of lot, lot of things about that movie that I think are really uh, well deserving of applaudits. I, I I do not think the direction of that film as as a whole really came together. But I'm I'm a man on an island here. <laughs> so it sounds like Del Toro's our will, probably. Yeah, and we're all over the place on shit. Yes. <laughs> So uh, let's get into our best picture with the gazillion nominees, uh, which are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's funny. You just said that you don't think Get Out stands a chance for best picture, but it's my, it's my will. Hmm. Yeah, it's my will. Th- I, I think... If I'm like really, I think it's a four horse race between Get Out, A uh, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and either Lady Bird or, or Dunkirk. I am, I think The Shape of Water, despite winning like a lot of precursor awards and a lot of stuff ahead of time, I think it's probably the weakest possible front runner for a Best Picture award, especially since director and Best Picture have seen splits over the past number of years, uh, not counting like Birdman recently, you know, recent, yeah. most recently. But, um, I think I'm gonna go. I think Get Out just has like there's 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 just a there's an undercurrent to it that I think a lot of people are gonna get behind. And I think 
I think I think it's going to win, especially since ballots like went out like two weeks ago, and things line up with like a number of other you know, number of other sort of like cultural items. So I also think in preferential voting, it will be in the top three for a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I think I think Dunkirk is my should probably. But that's just because I ranked it highest of all these movies in my own ranking. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Yeah, I, I was torn between Call Me By Your Name and Get Out for the should. I had Call Me By Your Name for the should. But I I feel pretty good that Get Out will win. And I would feel fine about that. That'd be a good choice. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's a good chance that Get Out will win. I think that'd be really, I, I'm, I'm okay with that, even if I do think the movie has some problems. Um, I think that it's uh, definitely in the top tier of movies that came out last year. And I, I think it's in the top tier of movies on this list, even. For me, should is kind of, I vacillate between Phantom Thread and Lady Bird. Uh, I think those are the two movies that have stuck with me the most from from last year. That said, I would be very happy if Get Out won. I, I think that it's one of the better picks from the list. So, Yeah, I mean, for me, this was a tough one because I think... I think my top three movies of, of the year were Shape of Water, Get Out, and Dunkirk. So, you know, Shape of Water is my shit just because it was my favorite movie from last year. But uh, I don't think it's – that's it is probably the weakest of, of those as far as a contender for the award. Um, I went back and forth a million times on, on what I think will win. And I I think I I picked Lady Bird just as kind of – I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I'll, uh, I'll take you guys' advice and maybe go with Get Out. I'd be, I'd be thrilled if Get Out won. I'd, I'd love to see that happen. And uh, maybe it does, maybe it does have a chance, but, um, yeah, I mean, we, we were talking too earlier that, you know, in a lot of cases, the last couple of years, best picture has been something that didn't win a lot of, lot else that it's just been kind of a surprise. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really tough call. I'm not, I'm really not sure what's, uh, what's going to take it. Watch the fucking post win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, three billboards is to many people, the front runner. Uh, That's crazy, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, because of the acting branch, particularly. What's been winning at other awards? A lot of three billboards. Uh, a lot of three billboards. I think that'd be disappointing. Yeah, I agree. Three billboards would be very disappointing. I I, I am worried that it will win, but I hope it doesn't. I, I, I can't. It's, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't. Like, with the new blood that they've introduced into the Academy, yeah. uh, sort of the, the issues surrounding the film, I, I, I can't see that happening on Oscar I don't night. think it will either. I, I just feel like everyone, it's a movie people like to trash. And yeah. it, it's just especially with preferential voting, I think you're going to get a lot of people ranking it at the bottom. And it didn't end up in directing. Like yeah. the, he's, he wasn't nominated for directing. That 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 just seems like a kiss of death to me. Yeah, that's maybe true. That's a good point. That's it's a weird, you know, absent. You know, for him not to be in the director definitely seems like a, a clue Argo. there. Yeah, that's... yeah, that was the last time, right? I mean, going going but that through, one, right? Yeah, that was the, and that, but that was when people were like, "Oh, where's Ben Affleck this whole time?" That's but, true. But nobody's nobody's talking about Martin McDonough in that same way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a interesting one. This is not a not a year where I feel like super strongly about about what's going to take it. Um, it doesn't seem like a, a shoe in for anything. But it's too, um, bad. it's too bad Jason's not here because he would argue in favor of three billboards. By the way, just I need to voice that opinion. <laughs> that's his, that's his, I think that's his favorite movie of the year. Oh, that's so. too bad. We have somebody to kind of defend it. I know. I, I miss. I'm trash. missing his. Pre- I'm missing your presence, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so are we thinking Get Out is the will? 
I'm changing mine to get out. So yeah, um, I, I'm changing my will to three billboards. But <laughs> as our longtime listeners know, I am the one who always prepares for preemptive disappointment in the Oscar voters. <laughs> by assuming that the shittiest movie will win. And so <laughs> I'm going to say that's my will. <laughs> Always. My, Cal's description of, of American Hustle is still my favorite thing from an Oscar podcast ever. When he called it Wigs Inside Boob, the movie. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, you know what? The Wigs Inside Boob from that movie have stuck with me longer than I thought they did. I still contest its nomination for Best Picture on that merit. I was about to say that's another fat suit movie, and then I realized, no, he just got fat for that movie. Exactly. He just gained weight. But that's like extra. That's like, that's taking a fat suit to the next level. That's all that is to Oscar voters. I, I, if, if Gary Oldman actually got that fat to play um, uh, Churchill... I think Darkest Hour would legitimately win Best Picture because Oscar <laughs> voters are fucking monsters. I don't know. It, it's weird. I feel like in the last couple of years, the things that feel like Oscar bait are being almost punished for feeling like they're Oscar yeah, bait. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I like, And I think The Post is a good example of that. Like, I feel like six, seven years ago, The Post would have been high on everyone's mm-hmm. list for what would win. And now it's like, oh, that's too obvious. I mean, they to, want it too much. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the last Oscar bait movie was that won Best Picture. And I'm going back, like, Moonlight is definitely not Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe we would call, like, I don't, I don't love Birdman, but it's not a typical Oscar picture. Yeah, not uh, really. Um, and then before that, you've got, what, what was in between those two movies? Uh, Spotlight, I guess, is kind of Oscar baity. Kind of. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it's a little. That was a surprise, though. Yeah, because a lot of people thought The Revenant was going to win, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so maybe Argo, I think Argo might've been the last Oscar bait film to win because 12 years a slave came after that. And yeah. When was Argo? 2012. Yeah. Something like that. 2015, whatever year that was. And I almost feel like the, because of that almost like I, I don't know it just seems like there was a real backlash against the obvious choice winning mm-hmm. so yeah I th- for that reason i think oh king's speech remember that no oh, that's the one. Oh my god <laughs> that was 2011 in a year they had black swan and inception and oh my god that's just the, the worst possible choice won best picture that year but yeah you're right oscar or argo was 2013 so that was probably the most recent Quick closeout poll for everybody. Worst, like, modern, like, best picture winner between The King's Speech, The Artist, and Crash. Oh, Crash. Crash is my, like, most hated movie of all time. (laughs) I think, I think, I think The King's Speech, just because of what it went up against. Like, I, I, I I certainly love, I love, um, Brokeback Mountain. And I think Capote is a really underrated biopic. Yeah, that's a great movie. But I... I, I thought 2020, the 2010 cinematic year was one of the most robust we'd had. Like 2007, 2010, and to me, 2017 are really incredible years. And to have the King's Speech win against all that other stuff, it's just. Yeah, that was a movie me. I liked, but it definitely did deserve over those other movies for sure. But I'm yeah. looking at the 2006 Best Oscar, or Best Picture nominees. Sure. Just to, re- I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. That's yeah. when Crash won? Yeah. Oh, that was. Munich, Capote. Broke back. Good night and good luck. And oh, I, yeah. a, a great Clooney yeah, film. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's Rare. funny. Out of all of these, it's well, Munich I don't remember anything about. Munich's a, Munich's what probably the last great Spielberg film. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like Munich a lot. But 
otherwise, there's a lot of iconic movies in here. Brokeback Mountain. So that that was a pretty weird choice. And then, the, I mean, the artist didn't have much competition except for the one movie that was its competition. What was it? The Tree of Life. Uh, which you know is considered by many people to be one of the greatest films of the new millennium. That's a fantastic movie. So, but everything else it went up against. I mean, we're talking like um, what was that Jonathan Safran Froer adaptation that came out that year? Uh, Extremely it, loud and incredibly close. And War Horse. <laughs> I mean, it, oh boy, a lot of bad <laughs> movies. So it kind of won by default in a way. So that, it was like all Oscar bait. That was a oh bad. It was a bad year. Like, my favorite film that year was Shame, and that's, you know... Wow, there were 10 nominees that year. Is that the first time they did that? Maybe. It was 127 Hours, True Grit, Social Network, The Fighter, Winter's Bone, Inception, Black Swan, The Kids Are All Right, Toy Story 3, and The King's Speech. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a Social lot of competition. For... You got a Come lot on. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that is why, to me, The King's Speech is the worst modern Oscar winner. Yeah, I mean that's that's the most like painful win over the competition. Yeah, there's probably. some fantastic movies in that list. Yeah, I don't know, they're all bad. I don't really remember Crash. I just remember Crash is the movie everybody was mad about that it won. Like I don't really remember the movie. What's your vote, Cal? You know, I'd have to say The King's Speech. I, I really dislike. I think Crash is actually a worse movie than The King's Speech, but. Uh, Fuck anything that gives Tom Hooper more time in the public spotlight and more work is a pretty mortal sin in my book. <laughs> I mean, he he. What did he follow that up with? Les Mis, and then uh, something else came out that no one saw. It won Best Director too. Yeah, I know. Wow. Uh, Les, Les Mis, and then The Danish Girl, and now he's working on an adaptation of fucking Cats. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, no. Yikes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow. Uh, you ever looked at that guy and see and looked at his face? He looks just like James Cameron to me. <laughs> like, yeah, he looks like a young James Cameron. It's really, it's really crazy. There's a Terminator thing going on there. It is James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this tells me, I think at some point we need to do a podcast where we just talk about old Oscars. <laughs> what, we can what, talk like about the most atrocious wins. Right, or, or all of the, the least memorable Best Picture winners. There are a yeah. lot of them. God. There's there's probably a lot that we should actually watch. Like I'm sure there's a lot that I haven't even seen. There's tons go of best, further back. Yeah, some of the older ones. It's like, what the hell is this? There's <laughs> some bad best picture winners. You, but you know, um, you love ordinary people. Yeah, that was good. The movie or like ordinary people. The movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there, there's an old Oscar winner you saw. Yeah, I was just like, wait, where is this even coming from? I know. I did like that movie. Yeah, yeah. it was very sad. Yeah. Harper, we're we're among the podcasting elite. None of us like actual ordinary people, but the movie <laughs> I or- hate people. people. <laughs> so, I'm just throwing out old Oscar winners that you that you like. I didn't even know it was a winner. Yeah. I did like that movie. Yeah, yes. that's funny. 1980. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only category we haven't covered yet is what's going to win after they've announced Best Picture and they have to change their minds and give it to somebody else. <laughs> How many jokes will they make about that? Oh, God. Uh, it's going to get old so fast. Yeah, it's going to at least be true. two, if not three. And then you're like not going to trust the first thing anybody says for a second until they like actually put down the envelope and step away from the mic. Because <laughs> so many people are going to try to pull that joke. Oh, here's my question. Will Casey Affleck present? No, oh, he bowed yeah. out. He bowed out? Oh, okay. did he really? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, that that that. Yeah, it's good because I, I can't imagine that would go over <laughs> well right awkward. now. <laughs> Is James Franco going? I doubt it. 
How many sexual predators uh, will attend the Oscars? That's the known sexual there's predators. No, there's no reason for James Franco to go. I mean, like, that, that movie was not her best screenplay, but that's it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but normally an actor would go for that. Eh, best to stay out of the spotlight right now. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they ask, like, a million questions. I don't disagree. Carpet, it would be know? smart if he didn't go. I mean, I'd love it if he would, you know talk about this publicly but you know he's just not going to remember when he co-hosted the oscars that was, that was no. awesome that was awesome <laughs> it was pretty funny john, john still sends me you know he used to send pictures of james franco in a dress <laughs> during some skit they were doing who did he co-host with I don't... Uh, Anne hathaway oh that's oh remember yeah. it was like the high energy low energy <laughs> this is why weird. i blocked it out <laughs> yeah people said that like he was stoned and then she was that. like overcompensating mm. Anne hathaway <laughs> Never. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that's our. Uh, those are our picks. So take that as you will as you fill out your uh, your ballots for your Oscar pool. You know, take our advice uh, with a grain of salt. But you know, maybe we'll help somebody win win their pool. I hope so. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But uh, yeah, again, you know, go out and see those shorts, and maybe you can make a difference because we have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the shorts, the the uh, animated, and the documentaries. Uh, yeah, see those, and you might actually win your pool because uh, it seems like nobody knows those this year. There's a live action short about DeKalb Elementary. I know. I feel really? feel really bad. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's called DeKalb Elementary. Yeah. So I'll root for that one just for local flavor. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely about our mm-hmm. DeKalb. Okay. So yeah, I think that'll I think that'll do us for our uh, the 90th Academy Awards predictions podcast, guys. So. Thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening, and uh, good luck on your Oscar pools. Have a good time this weekend watching, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys soon. 